Welcome back to another episode of the Challenge Insiders here on Reality Bop. I'm coming to you all the way from the future. It's Saturday, 2 p.m. over here. You know, being in New Zealand, I'm always a little bit ahead of you guys. Um, and we're moving back to Chantal and Drew, who is still on Friday evening. So my weekend has truly started. Drew, how are you doing? And, you know, what's planned for the weekend? Are you going to kick your feet up and relax? Is there something like that in your world? Or is it always just work, work, work on the channel? Uh, there's always something to do, uh, so I don't think I ever fully get to relax, but I'm looking for some time maybe to watch some movies. I mean, the holidays are coming up, but I'm feeling pretty decent. I, it may not sound like myself. Uh, I woke up and I wasn't sounding like myself, so <laughs> I got lost in just tea, but I'm here to talk about double the challenge, double the fun. So what I'm hearing is that I've got to keep my um, questions to you today very pointed. We have to get the <laughs> best value out of you as long as we can before your voice is completely gone. I'll be good. I'll be good. I won't let anything stop me. Great. Chatel, <laughs> how are you doing? And um, what is you know, what do you have planned, I guess, for the weekend? Any um, some projects Plan. coming up or just relaxing? I feel like I'm I, going in and out. Am I freezing? Okay, it's kind of like working, not working. Um, this weekend, um, I'm, I, it's my final weekend for a Pilates teacher's training that I've been doing. So, you know, I'll be teaching some Pilates, practicing, and before I put do my practicum hours and then do my exam. So that's mm. what I'll be doing for Saturday, Sunday during the day at least. Um, yeah, that's it. I'm living for you guys. TV, I'm moment. sure. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, I'm living us. through you guys, living through you guys, because in New Zealand, we still have those those pesky lockdowns, which hopefully is going to lift pretty soon, um, because we've got a really, really high vaccination rate here. So um, I think we'll probably mid-December finally be able to go and do stuff again. So at the moment, my weekends are being stuck at home. So that's why I'm like, what are you guys doing for the weekend? Oh, I'm still you know, at I home. For you. I'm doing all <laughs> these things at home, um, but yeah. uh, I do have things on the docket for sure. Yeah, yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait for that. You know, whenever I look at these challenge episodes and I see these people being out there getting to visit all these nice locations and do all these exciting things, I think back about, you know, two, three years ago when life used to be normal and we could do these things, go out clubbing, go into partying and things like that. Not to start it off on a sad note. I know we're not far <laughs> away from that, you know, and that New Zealand is kind of, we're like behind the rest of the world when it comes to it. We dealt with it so well from the start, but now we're in a position where, um, they're kind of afraid to let it slip a little bit, you know, where I think other countries have learned to live with it to a certain degree. We kind of have to rip the bandaid off now. We've done everything we can. Australia's following in that direction, but um, you know, things will, things will come back to normal. I know that. So I'm not, I'm not too pessimistic, but you know, after three months of sitting at my house, I'm just like, I want to be out two there. Years doing for other me. Things. Two uh. years pretty much. But the day before lockdown, I was actually like you know on a beach in Costa Rica and I had to leave early because they were they were locking the borders. And so I was like <laughs> I like I was so I was traveling so much. I used to travel every weekend and go somewhere hot, um, especially during the winter time. And so I would love to go away. So I'm I'm planning maybe to go to um Mexico in December. Nice. Yeah, that would be really cool. We've got some compliments coming in here early, so nothing to you know make um, you know, Drew, that frown upside down for you, not feeling too great. Everybody's outfits are looking nice tonight. Hopefully we, we don't get up. Uh, we don't get put up for elimination tonight. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's good to be blue at the moment, you know, Drew, it's good to be blue. You know, you, you again, we've got another uh, Sapphire win this episode, but we had a lot of messiness 
that led us to the sapphire win um in this episode um kyle probably the biggest talking point of the episode um for the second time this season he plays against his allies here or did he play against his allies i didn't see the aftermath yet i don't know what was discussed there drew a lot of messiness here from kyle and um it really gets a lot of people fired up here in this daily challenge yeah i mean we've seen this happen with kyle in previous daily challenges he does something wrong he doesn't listen very well i mean he clearly was told emerald he was told mm -hmm. go green and uh he was told multiple times before the round in the middle of the round before he left for the round um and then he went to blue and it was all over but kind of like what kyle was saying blue was pretty much in a locked up to win like they had it locked up like emerald always went to ruby no matter what nobody decided to change up their strategy in the middle of it once sapphire got 15 everybody was just like cool we could just let them win this could go on forever if we really wanted it to but we'll just we'll just kind of like go with the flow get some good hits in and we'll lay people out until sapphire wins this ultimately yeah, I mean, CT had a chat here Tory, with Tori Chattel. CT had a chat with Tori to get the win here and make a deal. Um, and I felt like CT didn't want to win this one because he didn't want to be the person that made the decision because so many people in Emerald kept him safe throughout the season. Um, and obviously, him and Kyle have got some sort of a do they or do they not have a friendship. Um, you know, I don't feel like CT went into this challenge necessarily wanting to win it. But as Drew said here, it looked like they were going to win it regardless, even if they just followed that strategy because Emerald was never going to go after Sapphire. Um, you know, so I don't know if CT thought it through. And was this a saving grace for um, CT here to have Kyle turn on him? So he had an excuse at the end of the day to turn against Kyle. So I did watch the after show and our uh, aftermath and it what Kyle did say that he talked to Nelson and Nelson said like you could you could do either one like it's fine like he kind of didn't make it clear in one and a certain instance anyways that it mattered if he took from uh from Sapphire I do think that CT used this as a complete opportunity to blow up on mm -hmm. Kyle so he would have an excuse since he was the people the person that was going to be winning and is the ringleader of that of that cell at this point um I do think he blew that up so he wouldn't he knew he could put in Kyle. Kyle will be the one that can take out someone from Emerald, and he will just be sitting pretty and not look like he's turned on anybody in um, the Vets Alliance. So I think it was all an opportunity for CT to make Kyle the enemy so he didn't have to show his cards. Yeah, and that's what I sort of got from it as well. Um... Kyle really under fire here for most of the episode, not having too many people there that has his back. And there's that conversation between Kyle and CT after the daily where they talk outside and um, CT very calculated here, talks quite loudly so everybody can hear about who he's saving, trying to keep himself safe in the game. And there's a lot of conversation about are they friends? And it, it felt like, you know, you never know when Kyle, when something actually affects Kyle because he jokes and, and makes light of a lot of situations within the house. Um, but it did feel like Kyle was a bit hurt by those comments there and that he felt like he's got a bit more of a friendship between himself and CT. What was your take, Drew, on this conversation between Kyle and CT? And where do you think this leaves them now moving forward in the game? Because CT's got to find a way to work with this person that clearly he wanted out of the game. And I mean, Kyle had the best comeback after winning this elimination where he just got the middle finger out and he was like, boom, to the whole Sapphire team, which I thought was one of the golden moments of this episode. 
I'll be honest. I watched this episode like three times and I was so baffled by this conversation. It went on for a long time. I don't know why it got as loud as it did because mm. it seemed like everybody was on the same page that Kyle was going to go in regardless and everybody was cool with it. Like once Sapphire won, Nani was like, oh, Kyle's probably going to go in. Devin was cool with Kyle going in. I mean, it, it, to me, I was like, what is happening here? It was almost like a play fight where CT, like mm. Chantel was saying, just wanted to throw everything on Kyle. So it was like he was kind of play fighting. I think, you know, when you play fight and you just keep on latching onto one phrase, I think he just kept on la latching <laughs> onto, are we friends? Are we friends, though? And it maybe got to Kyle one too many times where he was like, all right, dude, like, I'm done with this. Like, stop, stop questioning it. Because I think mm. he did get visibly annoyed and frustrated with that but i there was one point where ct laughed after he said what am i a scumbag uh, mastermind doing all this <laughs> stuff and then he just started laughing because he couldn't keep it he was like yeah i know i, I i'm self i know what i am and everybody's just let me do my thing it's crazy <laughs> i did like i did like ct's um line where he spoke about you know um being thrown to the wolves or carl trying to would throw him to the wolves but you know he is a wolf you know um from day one so you can't throw him to the wolves to be honest well and i definitely think with ct as well like in that whole fight because his how he was acting his facial expressions his tone like what he was saying was a little bit twilight zone-y it wasn't like i'm like where are you ct are you still here like who is this person so i definitely could understand yeah. kyle's frustration like oh, wait are we friends and i think that this was just ct playing his ct-ness in the game to like mm -hmm. you know just distract just deflect 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 so that Kyle would just like still play, like follow the plan. And like, when they're outside the game, they could be like, I'm sorry, man. I was just trying to win there. I, of course, we're friends, but like, I didn't want it to look like we're friends in the house. I, I, I'm sorry. You know, and I think that's what's probably going to happen or probably did happen is after the game, he gave a little bit of an apology. But CT was just doing too much trying to save face with that emerald cell. <laughs> yeah. Cause we know CT. And when he gets angry, we know he's angry. Like, we've seen mm -hmm. years of him be legit angry. And I just mm -hmm. didn't get that feeling from him. Like, mm -hmm. it just didn't feel that way. Mm. He's just running out of numbers here. And um, I, I do think he's looking at, you know, one of the things with, with, with CT, and I think I saw it somewhere in an interview that I read, an excellent interview of Josh, um, where he said that he wish he was more like CT. CT can take his personal relationships and feelings out of the game, um, and he can just look at it pragmatically and say, this is the current chessboard, and this is what I need to do to be able to move ahead in the game. And I think CT looked at this and he thought, you know, Emerald's still pretty strong. They've still got the numbers here. They have won quite a few. What's the chances of Ruby winning um, something in the near future? So if I do turn my back against the people that have been keeping me safe, not only am I burning them this season, and I could potentially be thrown down there um, if there is another guy's elimination, but also if you go up against some of these people like Devin and Josh, um, Emmanuel is probably the one I'm the most perplexed by that he didn't consider going against Emmanuel. But, you know, if you go against Devin and Josh, they both have got some clout in the game, even for future seasons. They have got a lot of friends, friends in the game. So it's not just playing for this season. It's also playing for future seasons. And I don't think Kyle's got that. I don't think Kyle will ever have the same social capital that those two players have got. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it totally makes sense that, um, you know, CT was playing for not being thrown in. Absolutely. Definitely, potentially um, future seasons, 100%. Um, I'm also wondering if he's trying to keep 
those people for him in case he does get to be thrown down. Um, mm. You know, maybe, you know, he wants to go down against a Josh or a, or a Devin. He doesn't know who Kyle is necessarily going to choose, um, but maybe he wants to save Devin for himself. So if he throws one of those two in, I wouldn't be surprised if Devin chose a Josh. Yeah, they might be on the same cell right now, but like, Josh might be his best bet to win, not Emmanuel, I don't think. I think he would lose more likely against Emmanuel. Same with Logan, same with Nelson. So maybe he was just trying to also preserve the potential of having more people that he feels comfortable going up against in elimination. Yeah. Well, the, the same thing with the Seafoam Alliance with Emerald and Sapphire. <laughs> they had that alliance with each other. So I didn't think he yeah. was ever going to pick anybody from Emerald anyways. So, yeah, it just was par for the course. Yeah, Dolores here asked, do we think that anybody's even suggested um, throwing CT down there this season? I can't we remember heard it. seeing it on... Oh, was yeah. it on screen this season? Last yeah. episode. Yeah. It was? Maybe uh, Tori? It was Emerald, and it was like, I think the third or fourth time that they were in power. It was a men's day, and yeah, they were like, oh, who should we throw in? Uh, and right. they were thinking yeah. about throwing in Corey, I believe, and then they were like, oh, well, what about CT? And then even Tori was like, ah, I know it's we don't want to do that, but I was just throwing his name out there kind of thing. Mm. I'm sure the production was like, at least throw his name out there. Come on. Make it seem like <laughs> he's a possibility. A chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just think CT, like, you know, he he's just become... It's strange. Like I think that the the, the the change in the theme this season has really played into CT's um, sort of hands because if this was an individual season or if this was a pair season and he had a very strong pair with him uh, with a second second partner there in that team, I think he would have been a bigger threat. But people are still thinking there is a chance I could run this final with CT or CT could still help me get a win. And I also think it's a combination of him just having years and years now of building relationships. And, and that's why you guys are right. That conversation was strange because CT does his best to be extremely neutral in front of people. He'll say what he wants to the camera, but he's not normally very transparent um, these days in conversations one-on-one -on -one or within groups. So it was very out of character for him to go this hard on Kyle. But I also think that he just knew Kyle had no one this episode. I mean, even after Kyle gets thrown in, um, he has two people sitting with him by the table trying to cheer him up and say, hey, you've got a chance here. And that's Amanda and Big T. And um, Amanda was quite interesting here because she obviously has a better relationship with Kyle than what I even appreciated um, because she's also got a very good relationship with Josh. And... Um, she was saying to him, you know, choose whoever you want. Just don't let friendships cloud your judgment. You're playing for more than just yourself this season. So he had very little people in his corner this season or so far this season as, as far as I can see. Yeah, I feel kind of a little bit bad for Kyle for whatever reason. Like he does it to himself, but like... I don't know. He gets a lot of heat. It's like people just throw everything on him when he makes these little mistakes. And I still don't understand fully as to why he did this, because even if he's allowed to take one from the Sapphire cell, like why did he actually do that? Was, was Ruby going to win? No. So I still don't even understand the rational why he, if he was doing it intentionally, why he would do it. And if he was doing it for a mistake, why he would do it. Like you were just running back and forth to the same spot. Like, why would you go somewhere else? So it's, I feel bad for Kyle because I know that he does want to be there. He enjoys the challenge a lot. And people, as soon as he does anything wrong, they just, they really dump on him in a really kind of nasty sort of way. And so, ah, uh, poor Kyle. I feel bad. Yeah. I don't like the idea of 
everybody just dumping on somebody if they make one mistake. It seems like that's the whole thing. It's like Devin when he's coming at Tori for trying to help her team win, her new team oh, win. We're, we're like, going to get into that. You're ridiculous. It's going to be a whole but, section. <laughs> but I like to think like Kyle's like a mastermind. Maybe not a scumbag mastermind, but maybe he's like thinking, okay, Ruby or Sapphire is going to win. I would rather Sapphire win because then I have a shot of going into the elimination, picking Josh, who I've won against in past eliminations, maybe get that win, swap over to the team because we're very close. Like they've been in mm. this game for how many months, how many weeks? He's mm. got to be thinking we got to be close. Like maybe even tomorrow, TJ will be thinking, hey, let's go to the finals, everybody. So he's like, well, I got to make my jump now. Like Ruby's so, going yeah. nowhere. Ooh, so, so you, you think that Kyle decided that he wanted to do something to get them so mad at him so that he will have to go down win and that he could choose to be on CT's team again. You think it was all calculated? I don't I mean, think I'm, like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think Kyle is that smart personally, but I would like to think about it, but Emerald <laughs> did go to Ruby a couple of times in that first round. Emerald only went to Ruby. So I feel like if they would have went to Sapphire or one went to Emerald or one went to Ruby, one went to Sapphire, maybe he would have thought differently. But I'm just throwing that out there. It seemed like that was the last time he could go in that round. And he went, I think, to Emerald first in the in the first time he ran out there. So the second time, why wouldn't he just do the same exact thing is my thinking. So I don't know. So, so I do want to, while we're on the Kyle, Kyle train at the moment, you know, he, he goes down there, he says 70% chance he's taking a manual down, 30% chance he's going to do Josh. Um, he goes down there, he sees what the elimination is. He ends up deciding, listen, this thing looks like it might have some balance on it. Um, I'm going to go for the easiest route here. Um, Josh, I thought, took it like a man. We're definitely going to talk about Josh this episode as well, because it is a bit of a eulogy for him being out of the game. Um, but Emmanuel just has this whole opinion about himself at the moment that no, that you no know, Kyle is scared of me. He doesn't want to go up against me. And he's like, yeah, he was scared. He didn't go for me because he was scared. I think it's a fake narrative. Um, Kyle did what was right for him in that moment. You have to go against the person you think you're going to win. Like, I think Emmanuel would have ran circles around him on that specific challenge because he's got a better um, physique for when it comes to balancing running um you know he, he's just overall a bit more exactly he's a dancer he's just a bit more yeah. overall athletic so i mean kyle had to do what was right for him in this moment and to choose joss was definitely the right choice and it was still close so hats off to josh for making it a bit of a battle there um but i just wanted to put it out there emmanuel mate you're a little like i want to still see you haven't shown me anything yet go down there and show me something in the uh, elimination ring before you start claiming that people are scared of you I, I'm no, I, I, I'm off the Emmanuel train, unfortunately. I think, you know, as soon as he started cuddling up with Tori, I'm not, I'm not down with his vibe anymore, unfortunately. Um, especially when I don't know if it was the of this episode or last episode when he was telling Amanda, like, oh, well, now that you're on this team, you better work hard for us and you better like listen to us in challenges. And I was just like, shut up like like who are you 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 met her for like three weeks like she's other people yeah. known her for a long time that not that they can speak to her that way but they can have an opinion about her a little bit more but you have no idea who she really is and what she's doing so that started to annoy me and then you know having his confessional being like yeah well, you're scared of me it's like maybe he was choosing the better path for himself to get the win mm. Emmanuel not that he's scared of you he just wants to make sure that he wins so yeah I was irritated a little bit and I'm off the Emmanuel train yeah like he 
was able to put himself very strategically in a very good social setting, being partnered up with Casey and for pretty much the whole game. I mean, once partners and then on the same team, and he has been able to just slip into the background, which that's all he is. He's just background at this point. He is a supporting character. He is an extra on the Emerald side. He hasn't done much of anything, but hearing his confessionals, it sounds like he will be seeing an elimination because he talked so much at the beginning. I, w I did like that we got more of him in the beginning and then it wasn't him that got picked for the elimination i was like okay that was a nice like turn a little bit uh than just completely being like oh but kyle should have been a hundred percent saying it was 70 percent josh 30 percent emmanuel because that's <laughs> come on come on yeah. now like that was he was always had his eye on josh i think yeah. it was to save space with the vets <laughs> you yeah. know what i mean yeah. be like uh... <laughs> All right, just want to quickly jump into two comments here. Speaking the Truth says that he'll never feel bad for Kyle. He continued to kill his social game by being self-proclaimed snake and not doing anything about it in the long term. And listen, I hear you on that. I think one of the <laughs> things with Kyle is he brings it on himself because he also doesn't take the game too seriously. And he jokes about a lot of serious things where people feel like they can disrespect him in certain scenarios maybe a little bit more because he just doesn't take the game that seriously. I think there is a little bit of that. Um... I do feel bad for him that he didn't have anybody. I mean, this guy has been playing with people now for how many years and no one shouted for him. I mean, Josh is newer to the game than him and everybody was supporting Josh um, going into that specific elimination. So I do feel bad for him a little bit in that sense, just a smidget. Um, Dolores, you go ahead, Chantel. I was going to say, do you think if we go down this rabbit hole or put our tinfoil hats on here, do you think that maybe the whole Kyle CT fight was all fake? And it was just like a big ruse to like get them back on the same team together. I know that CT doesn't necessarily love the idea of working with Kyle, but if they are friends, like maybe they planned a little bit of this preseason and being like, hey, like in the end, like maybe we'll have to do a fake fight here or there because definitely CT was acting a certain way in that fight. And then mm. it seemed like Kyle didn't know if he was still acting or not. So I'm wondering if there might've been a little bit of a game plan actually that was going on. And it was all kind of like, yeah, we'll let Kyle go down there, save some face, whatever. He can be the new enemy for the moment, and then he can go back and go be with CT and not and CT not ruffle any other feathers. What do you think, Drew? Do you think there's a chance of that, potentially? So I think with everybody rooting for Josh, it was because, one, you keep basically a non-threat in the game, but also you know exactly what he's going to do. He's going to stay with Emerald, <clears throat> which hmm. Emerald wants him to stay there. I think CT is fine with his trio for now because they won this past week. But I, at the end, once Kyle won his second elimination, I kind of got that feeling that CT was happy to have Kyle because he knows how much he wants to be here. He wants to stay. He's won two eliminations. He's not not taking this seriously. He's very he's taking this very seriously. And I think it proved to him in that elimination that he wants to be here. And I think. CT is cool with whoever's in that third spot, whether it's Kyle or Logan. So I do, I do think that they are friends. That was a play fight and yep. that was more for the house than anything else. And the cameras for us to talk about it here. <laughs> and Carlos had, and Carlos had a couple of runner up spots, right? Um, out there as well. At least one that I know of, I think back in total madness, I think he got, was it total madness where he was the second guy on that season. Total um, madness. He got second place. And then in vendettas, he was in the yeah. top four. With Kayla, Zach, and Kara, he was in that top four. He is underestimated. 
He is yeah. underestimated as a challenger a lot. And I think that just comes again, it comes back down to his personality, sometimes not taking things seriously. But we've had that narrative this whole season that he's playing for more than just himself this time around. Um, also want to just touch on what Dolores said here. Emmanuel has let his ego swell because he has been protected up until now. Um, if he didn't have those protect protection through partners and things like that, he may have been gone a long time ago, which I am definitely going to agree with. And then um, Speaking the Truth also says that if that's CT's acting, I'm a little on the fence about <laughs> so yeah it's it's true i mean it was a bit it was a bit strange but um yeah i guess sort of rolling on to to josh here um the person that we end up uh losing here in this episode um i think i'm gonna be the only person that still feels this way here in this panel but i'm okay you know if we all were exactly the same i think this podcast would be boring i'll probably get crucified for saying this okay I like Josh a little bit more at the moment. Like overall this season, he's 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 come back. He's been like going into this elimination here. He was definitely handling it a lot better than what he did in previous seasons. He he manned up to it, went in there, lost. Fair enough. Um, I've seen a, a certain level of maturity. I agree with Devin that he used to be this ball of energy that would blow up at everything, except for the Fessy fight this season. He was pretty mild compared to other seasons. And the one thing I do like about Josh is the fact that he does love the game and he does take it serious and that he is training really, really hard to physically get better. Now, when I saw the challenge coming up, no matter how fit you get and how you can have a six pack coming in next season and put on another X amount of pounds of muscle, it wouldn't matter when it comes to just being athletic um, in your nature. That's why even when CT was out of shape, he was still kicking a lot of people's butt because he's just athletic, you know, and to have that core athleticism, that's something that Josh does not have. But I do like the fact that he's willing to come back season after season and work on himself, try and physically get better, try and get in it. And I have seen a bit of a change in his attitude. Now, all of that could be blown out of the water next season when he comes back and he proves me wrong. But my overall feelings for this season is I've enjoyed the direction that he has moved in. Is he my favorite challenger this season? No, hell no. He's not even in my top five, maybe not even in my top 10. But I appreciate the growth. And that's just me personally. Now tell me how wrong I am and how I am crazy for even considering okay, we could, We'll this. start with when I'm watching the elimination and it was so neck and neck and close. And I was like, okay, everything's like speeding back in my eyes. Like with CT talking about him training and like, you know, he's doing, and I was just like, oh my God, is Josh going to win this? I'm like, no, mm. no. And so then you see Kyle in his confessional being like, I know the viewers, viewers are yelling for me to win. And I was like, yes, I'm yelling for you. I, I literally was yelling at my television for Kyle to win because I couldn't have a world where, where where Josh was going to win against Kyle in that particular elimination, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't have that. So the reason I, I do appreciate anybody that's training to get better, absolutely. But it bothers me that all the fights that really happened where people were eliminated from this the game, it had to do with Josh. He's always part of this like this these fight things that happen and he gets people so riled up that they end up saying something or doing something that gets them kicked off the show. And I'm like, that's kind of annoying. I'd rather have the other people in the game over Josh. And my other point is, I think the fact that Devin and Josh are now friends is ruined Devin. I can't Devin stand Devin anymore. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's because he's been strategizing with Josh and has some of like the Josh energy and style of gameplay. So mm. yeah, I, I appreciate anybody coming back 
wanting to win, but with him being like, I deserve this. I need this for my family. I'm like, you already won half a million dollars for your family. Like, what more do you need to get for your family? Why do you need this? Why do you deserve it more than anybody else? Like, Kyle deserves it more than you, Josh. So hmm. I'm just like, I'm not really down with the narrative anymore. I had a couple episodes where I was like not hating on him that much, but this one, I was like so happy that he was going because I didn't want to see the the timeline where he was beating Kyle in this elimination. I was like, I just want to jump. I just want to jump in before, before before I go over to Drew here because I'm sure Drew's going to agree with you. I just want to make it clear that the bar was extremely low on Josh for me coming into the season. And when I'm saying what I'm saying, I'm looking at Josh in um in a vacuum on his own. I'm not looking like when they when he went up against Kyle here. I definitely also wanted Kyle to win. I like Kyle more than Josh. Um, so I wasn't looking at it from that sense but from a sense of is he for me the same level and is he still the same person that i've seen in previous seasons i do think he's grown i appreciate that i'm still invested to see where this is going to go but if it's at the expense of having the full big brother alliance in there i'm definitely against that i do think i've had enough of the big brother alliance i can see him on his own or i can see casey on her own if i had to if it meant that we don't see Casey and Josh with him, I'll even look at Fessy on his own in the in the show. But I don't want to see all three of them back next season personally because I've just seen it. It's outplayed now. I don't want to see that continue on. That's that's just my opinion. So I just want to make it clear. I wasn't shouting for him above Kyle this episode, but I looked at it as a vacuum. I think there's been some growth. Like I said, the bar was low. Doesn't mean he's my favorite, but I, I do appreciate the growth. So the thing with Josh in this <laughs> elimination... I will say that I like this elimination. It was very yep. tedious, but it was made to be tedious. I love the bell. That was my favorite part of it because that was like what it all hinged on is mm -hmm. you having to hit that bell. I'm not going to lie. Once I saw Kyle jump out to that beginning lead, I never thought Josh was ever going to come back. And there was points where everybody was like, stop walking, stop walking. And that's the point where it's like, yeah, you can be better physically and you can be more athletic but if you're not going to be mentally prepared for anything because i heard on the aftermath he talked about how once kyle called him out he kind of got it in his head and he wasn't really checked in or whatever i don't know if that's like just an excuse or whatever but if you're not going to be mentally prepared you're not going to get to where you want to get and once this season started to unfold with the vet truce i expected josh to be here he's always socially strong in the game so when he got to this point it's kind of like at one point you're just going like, okay, it's inevitable. Somebody's going to call him out. If somebody's going to be thrown in there and he's available, somebody's going to call him out. Whether it's, I almost, I almost half-heartedly wanted it to be Logan. Like I, I wanted him to be like, oh, I'm going to save Logan. I'm going to throw <laughs> Corey in there. And then Logan throw like takes him out. That would have been awesome, but let Kyle do it. Uh, Kyle earned the win, but mm. at no point was I thinking, oh yeah like Josh could come back. I was just thinking, Oh, it's inevitable. This was going to happen. Uh, I want, I'm with Chris. I don't want anybody on big brother except for like one person out of the trio. And I'll gladly want Davon to always come back. But yes. like, I don't want Casey. I don't want Fessy and Josh. I think Josh has done five seasons back to back to back to back to back. To back. Like take a season or two off, go train mm. a little bit more, get your timing down. Like, really prepare yourself for when we do see you back in the next two seasons that you are extremely focused. But it's, it's kind of like the same song and dance. He can be strong socially, but once you get to a certain point, it's kind of like, oh, it's 
it's going to happen. He's going to get called out. It's kind of like Devin. This is the farthest he's ever made it consecutively in a season. Yes, he made a finals in Rivals 3, but he had to be called back into the game because there were so many DQs and then so many lucky skull picks to get him to the finals. This is the longest he's made it, and you can just see he's cracking. Like, this is the longest he's ever been in the game. He has power finally. He's just like, oh, boy. Nobody throw me in, please. <laughs> and we're going to talk about Devin in one sec. I just quickly want to um, acknowledge the comments here. Dolores is saying that she can't stand Joss every time that he talks. She wants to scream. Um, so definitely Dolores is not on the same boat. Um, speaking the truth is saying that he does agree with me 100%. He's there for a Josh redemption arc. Um, I'm not completely down with Josh. Uh, I'm I'm down. I'm now down for a complete Josh growth redemption season and even a hard fall Josh win with um, a grimacing face. Um, like I said, you know, for me, I, I appreciate the growth in a vacuum um so but i understand like i i fully understand how people may not be there um i think this is what makes the game so great is that we can like different people it is okay um sam here just wants to say hashtag justice for ashley since she's out of the game i know sam is a massive ashley fan and it would have hurt him to his soul when she was um just left the game without anybody really fully knowing what happened yeah, and just even with that, it's just the fact that he was involved with whatever went down. I know that she must have done something terrible. I get that. She's being reprimanded. I get that. But, like, if he wasn't part of the equation, it wouldn't have happened, you know? And even with, like, um, I'm not a fan of Polly and Kara, but I believe it was a fight with Josh that they did outside of the game that... Oh, that- really? Josh said that he, you know, he did this and he threatened me and stuff like that. Like it was other fights that he was having with cast members, which is one of the reasons why Polly is not allowed back in on the season anymore. Um, and then, you know, his friend Fessy was, you know, kicked off the gate when he should have gone as well. I think that he should have gone at that time with Fessy. And then it would have been a completely different ball game. And it would have been, I would have felt kind of right with how the season's going, but it just seems like they're always protecting him. And it's just, it's just annoying to watch because I don't enjoy what he brings to the show. Yeah. I could totally appreciate anybody working hard to do better, get better, potentially win. That's super cool. Great. But like anything else that he brings to the table, I'm just kind of like, ugh. like the best thing that you got for me this season was that you spoke spanish with logan like that's my favorite memory of you this season mm. it's kind of weak i don't know so yeah, chatel do you think that um josh has um you know the scoop on tj's internet explorer um traffic and that's how he's getting he's getting all these things done because he, he's got something on the production team from what i heard is that um there is a producer a casting producer i'm assuming it's whoever cast him on big brother has really really likes him and thinks that he is you know a really great uh personality character um and so she is apparently she is the one that's pushing for josh to be on the show so often um she's like i know that he's a polarizing character and that some of the fans don't really like him but she's like but i love him i love him i think he's fantastic so i think that that particular casting director is or producer is pushing for josh to be on the show yeah, it's like watch- PG drama that he brings to the the show. It always seems like it's conjured up rather than it re- feel really feels real. Um, and when did the rule change for if you hit somebody or if you get hit, you get disqualified? Because that used to be the rule back in the day with the ruins, with the dual two, and somewhere along the lines that changed to where I mean, I get it that it's not fair if somebody's not instigating or anything, but 
I heard Josh do a cup, a glass, and it yeah. hurt somebody. Like that's that's rules enough, I feel, to get him pushed out for doing something. I thought they were so. both going for sure, especially because um, mm. I think that Simone weighed in on the fact that she was um, mm-hmm. was it was it was it which one was it was it Dirty Thirty. Was it all 30, 30, yeah. Redemption um, House. Yeah, and the Redemption House where she like gets into a fight with his brother. I can't remember his name right now. Jane. And breaks a, breaks a bottle and she gets kicked out of the, the Redemption House. And yeah, it's dangerous. And it was in a threatening fashion or whatnot. And like I could see why she needed to be taken out of that equation. But I think mm-hmm. that's a very similar situation with Josh. And he didn't seem to get – he got not even a slap on the wrist from what we could see. So, to yeah, to yeah. be honest, from from what happened last season when Josh like really you know violently shoved into Devin and Devin was flying onto the couch, um, to me there was so much intent in that. I thought that was enough last season for him to get pulled because been. that's physically him putting hands on another player um, in the game. And to me, he should have been pulled then. So um, there's definitely some truth to I think like the truth is somewhere in the middle here with him having connections and getting back on seasons and things like that. Um, so yeah, it, 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 it's complicated. Um, like, listen, I, I don't want to pretend like I know the truth. Um, based on what I've seen on the show, you're gonna be your number one judgment. draft next next season. Watch <laughs> out! Two years from two years from now, watch out, guys. Um, <laughs> no, like, um, no, no, like, listen, I, I I'm more than happy to be proven wrong on it. I can only I can only judge on what I see on the TV show, right? But I do want to get into um, the whole Devin and Tory scenario, which I know, Drew, you've been. A couple of times I've had to keep you on a leash here. You wanted to really get into this. And I'm quite passionate about <laughs> this whole situation as well. So I think this um, warrants its own section on the show here. Um, Tori goes over to the other team. She tries her best to be brave, gives a, a bit of a, a speech for them. She's got a, a cape on saying every team needs a hero. She's going to be that hero. But even while she's pepping them up, you can hear in her voice she wants to cry while she's talking to them and trying to be motivational. Um, and she dares to play for her team this episode. She dares to try and make a deal. She dares to keep her team safe. But Devin takes real offense here that she is not putting his needs ahead of her needs in the game. Drew. What did you think of this messiness here, this episode? Because I like Devin, but he was really difficult to root for this episode, for me personally. I, I was really thinking you're being a dick. <laughs> last uh, last two episodes, he's been unbearable. Yeah. Like, absolutely unbearable. This is the second time in a row that he's called, especially a woman competitor, selfish for playing the game to the best of her abilities or what she thinks is right. I mean, she's not on your team anymore. What? And also, when did this switch happen? Wasn't it last season that they couldn't stand each other? But quickly, three months on the he off-season. backstabbed her. He backstabbed her last season. He, he heard, was the reason she ended up going out. So I heard that Tori took Josh and Devin on a vacation between seasons. So oh, best friends. That That's best friend be material because, right there. So they have like an ally, a best friend alliance type sitch that maybe she's mm. going back against. Well, if you Whatever. want to have a shallow friendship, you're going to get shallow results because mm. last season, not too long ago, it was just a throw, stone's throw back to double agents where they couldn't stand each other. And now he's like one of my best friends in the game and calling Tori his number one, but how dare she play for her own team. And what is she? What he was doing do? was emotional. He was doing emotional manipulation throughout this whole episode, yeah. bringing real life friendship stuff in. Because even last season, when they were frenemies, 
I didn't. I felt like it was very much acted that they were still enemies, but you could tell they actually did enjoy each other's company. They were in a good partnership working together. Obviously, he ended up ultimately betraying her that season because it benefited him because it meant he he was immune the next round, didn't have to go down. So it was a strategy that season to backstab the people that he was with in that partnership. But just the hypocrisy of him doing that last season and not really looking out for her, even I think they were even friends before that. And then this season coming in now she's playing for herself and how dare she do this? How dare she take the opportunity away from him to get to a final here? And like you said, um, again, yeah. just, you know, the, I, I, I'm not one of those people I, I hate because I feel like the word sometimes loses its meaning when you throw it out there all, all the time, but it's a little bit of misogyny that's happening here from him, this episode. And I hate being the guy to call it out, but I have to call it out here because it is what it is. It's blatant. And his, his way of manipulating her about the real life friendship stuff reminds me of when you're in an abusive relationship with a guy who's a narcissist and it came across that way. And, and I don't think Devin is a bad person at all, but I think like, I, f- I forgot who said, I think it was even Kyle who said he needs to harden up here, take a teaspoon of concrete and harden up because, you know, he's getting, the game is, he's saying other people are getting played when the game is currently playing him. He's getting too involved in the game and it's going to his head here. Like you said, having too much power and trying to control too many people in the game. But I really, I mean, you guys know I'm like 50-50 on Tori. Sometimes I like her, sometimes I don't. I think, Drew, you're more against Tori. But when you've got both me and you coming up here defending Tori, something's wrong. Something's wrong right here, Chantel. I, I, I even messaged you being like, has Tevin become so unlikable that I'm siding with Tori? So like, I'm, I'm with you there as well. I think what has happened is, A, he's had some influence with Josh. So he has whatever that alliance they might have built outside of the game and that he has trust and faith in. And then it's kind of like in Survivor when a, a tribe does never goes to tribal council. They don't know how to play the game. They don't know what's going on. And so they're kind of soft. Like they're not like playing like like people that have had to like figure out what they need to do, backs up against the walls, avoid being voted out. Like he hasn't really had to play hard and and play to stay in the game. And so he's had the luxury of just kind of cruising through. And he thinks it's because he's just this amazing game player. But no, he's got lucky with the structure of this particular game that's kept him safe and not mm. in in harm's way at all. And so I think that it's just the fact that now, oh my God, like I'm gonna have to play the game a little bit more because like, you know, everything's dismantled. I think that he's just seeing his final just slip away because on his own, he's not really capable of doing as well as he's been doing in this group together. And so I think that she's just his punching bag here in this situation. And he knows yeah. that Tori's going to take it because like, if mm-hmm. he ever came to me talking like that, like he would, he wouldn't even try it, but Tori seems to allow him to kind of beat her up and, and, and kind of just kind of abuse her in the way that he's treating her and her emotions and their friendship. And it's really not cool, but it's all because he's feeling insecure about his position in the game. And it's really, yeah. it's really not great to watch. I've got two really good questions here in the chat by Riley. I want to address both of them. So Riley's first one, and it's a little bit, we're, we're moving away from this specific one, but the next one will be in line with what we've just discussed. And he says, do you guys think that incidents should be cumulative over seasons? So it's a fine line of instigating. It's counted against someone though. So like if you've had um, a, a history of doing things on the show, should the producers look at you differently? If you've been someone that have physically assaulted someone on the show, or you've made certain remarks or have done certain things should you be looked at differently to someone else in the next season or should it be a a clean slate now for me personally um coming from 
um, the corporate world, you know, your your record follows you. I, funny enough, we've never discussed this. I work in background screening verification, and uh, my company we have a digital, yeah, you know, I, I know, 007 stuff. Hey, uh, <laughs> private <laughs> investigating, but we we basically help people make the the right decisions when they employ people in different companies. So even if you have worked in a certain company in a bank somewhere, your your record that you have, and a lot of people don't realize this, even if you've got an HR record to a certain degree, can follow you from one company to the next company when you're working there. So if you've got a bad track record, the next company could make a better decision on if they should hire you or not. That type of information is available, especially when you work in um, certain areas of trust, like in finance or in government or in things like that. So um, for me personally, I very much feel like your part, like I should, I don't think you should ever be, um, I do think there's a line where if someone's done something 10 or 12 years ago and they've had a clean record since then, that should be taken into account unless it's illegal. You know, um, you should be looking at that person saying, yes, people can grow. They're not who they were 10 or 12 years ago. But I also think that if you've got a track record where three seasons in a row, you've done something. And then in the fourth season, you're threatening to do something similar that should follow you. So I personally think it's a good question. I do think people's records, if they've done other things in other seasons, people should be looked at differently and that things could potentially escalate with certain characters on the show. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I thought it was a really good question. Well, I think that if that were the case, I'm fine with that. But it seems as though they they treat people differently. So it's not like they're 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 unbiased and like everybody, if you do this, then this is the repercussion. It's like some people get away with it. Some people can say this, some people we won't show this. Some so it's like it's kind of hard for them to be able to enact something like that because they're completely biased towards certain characters for whatever reason. If they don't want someone to come back on, they'll be like, Oh, well, you did this, 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 and this. But if they do, it'd be like, Oh, well, he apologized, and so and he's a fan favorite now. So da 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 da. So hmm. I just don't know if MTV is capable of having an HR department that could really screen these situations more effectively and where it would work very well. But currently with how they cast and how the producers are, are allowing people to stay on the show or, or return season after season, I don't think it would work. Give me a call, MTV. I'm available. Um, Drew, what do you think? <laughs> I think, first of all, you can never have a clean slate. I mean, with how everything is on TV, everybody's going to call up something. Everything's going to have a receipt, which I think should be the case. I mean, you do something, you got to live by it. You got to, you got to know that you did it or did something mm -hmm. wrong. Um, I, this is the thing where it's, it's not stated or there's no real guidelines to, if somebody does something, this is the repercussion or this is it kind of like what Chantel is saying. It's, it's hmm. whoever is doing it, it depends on who's doing it. It's not really the the crime, it's the person who committed it. And that's what the it will be determined what their sentence will be or how hard they get the rules laid on them or how what consequence they get. But if there was, say, a certain guideline of if you do X, Y happens, then everybody can follow along and know, okay, that person's not going to come back for two seasons or, oh, he put his hand on that person. But there's so many like words and different things out there in the challenge universe of permaband, tempa band. Uh, oh, he's going to be gone for three seasons or she can come back next season. Oh, they didn't show it, but that's an easy loophole or something to that effect. So it's just, it's, it's weird. Fake. 
how it's it, there's no real guidelines. And I think that's what I would like to see is a full set of guidelines. But of course, that's not going to be given to the audience or not fully transparent to us. But I would like to for there to be some form of guidelines to where everybody's held to the same standard, no matter who does it, you do something wrong, you need to be held accountable for it. I agree. Um, Riley's second question that I wanted to go into here was, why would Toru not team up with Emerald over Sapphire, though? I saw Devin's point on that. And listen, Riley, I love the fact that we all have different opinions here, and I want to explore it. Um, I think Tori's biggest um, thing that she brought up here to Devin and why she didn't want to work with um, um, Emerald over Sapphire was that she didn't want to lose one of the men in her team. And she felt like if she was going to lose Kyle, who was the most likely person to go in, which you know didn't change. He ended up going in any case. Um, if Kyle was gone, then she would be stuck with Nelson and Big T in a team. And, you know, you don't know what the final is going to be. Are they going to have to carry heavy logs somewhere? Are they going to have to run up a mountain? Like she felt like losing one of these two men who have run a final before would just be detrimental to her own chances and of winning the game. So um, I understand why Devin, to a certain degree, feels angry here, but I, I don't agree that Devin feels like um, Tori should give her game up for him. I just think that if you're a true friend of someone, you'll go in there and you'll say, listen, we're not in the same team right now. I'll be happy for you if you win. I'll be as long as you don't put. And I guess this is where Devin's coming at. He's thinking that he's going to be in danger, and that's why Tori felt so bad and went to Kyle afterwards to say, please don't put Devin in there. And she cried about it. And, you know, he felt like he is going to be in harm's way. But I don't think Devin was ever going to be in harm's way here. And I think Tori knew that because Devin's got a good relationship with Nelson. He's got a good relationship with Kyle. So if they did win, they were never going to put Devin in as a first option. And then it seems that CT and Devin have worked together pretty well this season as well. So I don't feel like Devin was ever really in danger here, even though, that was his point. He felt like you're not helping me on a men's elimination day. But I, no, I, I can understand where Tori came from. Definitely understand where, she, where, she, where she's coming from here. I was watching another podcast <laughs> and they gave a good analogy that I want to share with you guys. And it was talking about just in any sports team, we'll say like the NBA and another team, they go to another team. They're not going to be helping their friends on their own team to, so that mm. they could still win the championship because they were doing so well. And so like, oh, you got, you got moved to a new team and now you still got to help them because you feel bad because like they were in a good position before. Like, no, you're playing for your new team. Like you guys are friends outside side of the game and you're going to work towards getting the team win and I think that you know because Devin isn't used to winning I don't think he sees like the sportsmanship element of it like the team aspect of it like he doesn't see any of that he only sees his win being taken away from him and anybody else that's not trying to assist him in winning is a traitor yeah I think it comes down to Tori if she doesn't necessarily want to go into elimination or think she can go into elimination she's stuck on the ruby team so she wants to keep as many of the players on her team as possible also if you don't ask you may not receive so if Devin's mm. just assuming that tori is going to work with the emerald team then you're not gonna see at least ct came over and was like hey let's work together if Devin's just sitting in his room going like oh we got this in the bag we got Tori over there on Ruby. I'm working with CT. We have the Seafoam Alliance. I don't, we don't have to worry about it kind of thing. You're not playing the game right at that point. Also, yeah. it's the way CT, I think, came at it. Because if she went to Devin, Devin would have been like, yeah, just give us the win. 
and we'll work oh. together and just give us the win. Whereas CT came over and was like, hey, let's work together and let's make Ruby win. Like, let's get this together. And then once the game started to happen and the flow of the game started going, I think CT saw his opportunity and was like, all right, let's just win this thing. Like, let's go all out. Mm. I'll make deals with that team. Then in the middle, we'll make deals with that team. And then we'll just get this win and lock it up. So I think it's a mixture of all those because at the end of the day, if Tori is going to have to stay on this team and if it's a team final, she wants the best team that she can have. And if one guy leaves, then it's pretty much she's like, okay, now I have to go into elimination, risk my game. But if I can't get in there, then I'm kind of screwed. So very true. So we finally here have um, finally a person, but still, you know, the whole season, Drew, you've had twice the amount. Like, basically, if you, if Chantel and I went into an alliance, we would actually be able to compete with you on numbers here. You've, <laughs> you've pretty much had um, the greatest team here of all time, I think, um, throughout the season. Going into next episode, and I, I do want to do a shout out um, to Emmy this episode. We didn't talk much about it, but well done on being the only female in your team. We did talk about how was this daily challenge going to work out. Um, will we see um, them only have one female each running down there? But clearly, Emmy had to do it three times um, to compete with the girls. So hats off to Emmy. Um, Casey absolutely smashing Tori twice, which was um, quite good to see. Casey just showing why she is a physical beast in the game. She might be boring at times. This is probably the most confessional she's had the whole season because her boy Josh was in danger. Um, she is a really, really good competitor. Um, and yeah, this Emmy is the Emmy I like seeing. The one that doesn't complain and cry um, and just sort of mans up and, and does what needs to be done. You know, um, It was fun to watch this episode. Next week, we will have a female elimination who should we look out for here, guys, going into next round as possible um, females going down into the lair? I feel like that last person on Drew's team looks pretty tasty. Um, mm -hmm. She already saw it. Say again? <laughs> She'll come walking back in. TJ will be like, you know what? Come back in. It's fine. We love you too much. We love you too much. Come back in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think she's. She, I think she's in danger. Um, obviously, it's hard to tell, not knowing who's going to win this next one. You would imagine that Sapphire and Emerald, to a certain degree, will continue to work together, unless CT. He's he's very aware that they need to, you know, bring the numbers down. I guess in that Emerald team, if the teams are going to remain the same going into a final, if there's extra, because this whole season it has favored the team with more people in it. So if it's going to favor the team with more people going into the final, at one point you need to trim down those numbers if there isn't going to be another switch up or something like that. So um, I would have to say Big T, just because she's already been voted out, I don't think she's got any social capital. No one's going to be angry at her being put down there. Um, probably the most likely person to go down. If Big T does go down, the big question is who does Big T want to go up against in the lair and i actually don't know i've got no idea we haven't heard much from big t when it comes to her thoughts on the game strategically this season and i actually don't know who she would pull down there i don't think it would be emmy i don't feel like she's got any problems with emmy i feel like she might feel like there's been more um betrayal from some of the uh the, the veterans this season she might look at amanda as potentially again an option if it's no, I don't even know. I, I actually don't know. She'd what do you do, guys think? I think she would do Amanda again, just because, like, size-wise, I think they're closer. 
Um, I don't know if she's friends with Nani or not. Um, I think Nani or, or Amanda would be her two picks. Tori's a lot just sturdier than than Big T mm-hmm. is. And same with Emmy. I think that they, especially if it was something physical, I don't think she would go for either of those two. And obviously not Casey um, at all. I don't think Casey would be someone that she'd be considering choosing at all. Um, but yeah, it would be between Nani and Amanda, depending on her relationships. I don't know who she likes better. I actually yeah. don't think Big T would be the agency vote. I think it would be either Tori wanting to be the agency vote so she can get uh-uh. back to Emerald and she would pick Big T, or it would be Emmy because she's the only rookie left and they would want to go after the Sapphire just if Sapphire loses after winning two. Uh, we could see like Emerald turning on the Seafoam, trying to take a shot at the Sapphire to weaken them before edging closer to the final. So I feel like it wouldn't be big T because you're leaving that up to chance, depending on who wants to go up against her, because you give her the option of who wants to go against her. And then if there is another woman's day after this, you're kind of freaking out. Like you would rather (laughs) get on your, the team that you would want. So you're going to pull your social capital. Like say, if you're Tori, you're trying to get that social capital, be like, throw me in. I'll pick big T. Hopefully I can win. And then I can go to the team that I want to go to. But well, would she pick Big T, Tori, just because they're on the same cell right now? I guess then she'd win and then go back to Emerald. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, she yeah. Does, at this point, I don't think she cares. She's like, I'm getting out of yeah. this Ruby team one way or another. So I don't care if I hurt the number, if I leave the game, or if I take out one of their numbers. I'll just But I don't know over. if it's the worst team, though. Logan, if Big T's gone, no, Logan um, herself and um, Nelson, I don't think that's a terrible team to run the final with. So I would probably be considering that because you get a bigger piece of the pie if you're going to be splitting a million dollars between three people instead of five or six. True. Very, very true. I mean, I'm interested to see what's going to happen here. I actually am a little bit um, up in the air. You know, there's a lot of people in the chat throwing different names out there. Sam even gave us a ranking saying most likely to be uh, in danger for elimination is Big T, followed by Amanda, then Tori, Emmy, Casey, and Nanny. Um, I think that Tori might even say, listen, just throw me in there so I can go up against someone and take my spot back. I mean, anything is possible going into next week. Um, It is exciting. It is getting down to the crunch time for us now in the Challenge 37, and we're getting closer and closer to the finale um, and them running that finale. So I am really excited to see what's going to end up. Are we going to see teams? Are we going to see another mix-up? Are we going to see um, individuals, pairs? What's going to happen here in the end? Um, the, the the numbers are so lopsided. I almost feel like you want to see another shake-up here. Maybe shake them into two teams of six. I don't know, two teams of four. Um, let's do something different here um, at the end. Or maybe it's three teams of three. Who knows? It is really up in the air. What do you guys think is the highest likelihood of what's going to happen here at the end? I think the next episode will be a female elimination and then there's going to have to be a purge of some sort, like maybe Mm. get rid of another guy and girl. And then how many people would be left after that? Well, well, they started the teams with a woman's elimination with Priscilla versus Ashley. So if the next week's a women's elimination, they have to have at least one more guy elimination. Yeah. And Mm. then if there would be a purge or something, they might do it or they might do it in the beginning of the finals. Like they did last season where they have like 10 people or whatever, and then they have two people like shove off or whatever, especially if it's going to go back to pairs or solo, they could have a purge that way. Cause I don't know how you would have a purge necessarily on team format, but I, yeah. Yeah. 
No, yeah, I think it would be like everybody would be every man for themselves. Well, didn't it see? I don't know if I'm just making this up, but didn't it seem like it was a mini final for the next daily? Didn't that? Am I making that up? Or was it maybe it was All Stars? I don't know. I can't remember. Like I, I can't remember if I saw a mini final at all. Um, it was like a I big watched... bowl with a lot of money, and people are going to have money somewhere. So, right. And something. Not miscommunication seemingly with uh, CT and Kyle. <laughs> oh boy. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's going to be another another daily that favors the numbers. If you can have more people carrying bags of money, it could really help you out. <laughs> Is it's like Josh is yeah. gone from the game and you don't have to make Emerald keep winning guys. Like, <laughs> yeah. um, that, that podcast that I was watching, they're like, did the, did the producers of the show just quit? Like, why are they not fixing this problem here? This is not entertaining to watch a steamroll when people can't gain any numbers back. There's no way to gain any numbers. Um, in the beginning, yeah. we, I yeah. thought, and I think you guys thought as well, is that like yeah. you could go and replace yourself. Like if you took someone's you didn't take someone's spot you got to join a team and you got to keep mm. the teams big so it would be an advent advantage to win and go back and make a team stronger but like the fact that you still go back to a weak team it's just like huh yeah i mean it even it even makes it boring next week because the likelihood of tori choosing amanda which would be the matchup we all want to see at this stage is not going to happen because if she chooses amanda she's got to take the spot of nani or um casey yeah. in that team so she's not going to take a direct at amanda and we want to see that we want to see the the matchup here because amanda keeps calling tori out for being overrated this whole episode as well so i'm just like listen i i like what amanda brings to the show but amanda you got to put up and show you know, you got to go up against Tori now and show us why you're better than her. I want to see that. You know, it's just me personally yeah. when I look at I'll, this. I'll watch that for sure. But she's In not going to go and mess up um, Emerald. So, yeah. yeah. No. Instead of swapping, they should have had it where you capped at six. If a team exactly. has six, then you have to swap it. But if exactly. a team has some slots open, then you can just jump on there. That would have made a lot more sense. And then you just think, like decimate one team and then you'd be in two teams eventually. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. All right, guys, we're just over an hour here. So we're going to move into the Challenge All-Stars uh, Season 2, Episode <laughs> 2. So um, if you did watch that, I did in the beginning of the um, recap put a poll up to say, which episode did you enjoy more? Was it the All-Stars 2 or the Challenge 37 episode this week? Or if you couldn't choose, I had an option there for you to not choose. And I can say that 64% of our listeners that are on the live like all stars to the episode for that a lot more than 37 and then the remainder the 36 36 percent remainder said uh well i guess 18 percent said i can't choose and then 18 percent said the challenge 37 so most people um i would say quite safely enjoyed all stars um season two episode two a lot more mm -hmm. and again we had a bit of a weird episode here because we don't have a daily challenge we're going straight into the nominations i guess it gave us a little bit more opportunity to see people strategize and talk here in this episode um and the next episode hopefully we'll have the daily challenge and also the elimination in the same episode um, but it is hard to do when you've got 40 minutes to cram everything in so we probably saw more than what we will see throughout most of the season because there's only 10 episodes this season as well and we've already had two of them which means only eight episodes left um it's going to go really quick um compared to what we see with these longer episodes in season 37 and then we see like 18 or 19 episodes in a season compared to the 10 um but a lot of fun stuff happening here early on in this episode derek and jody you know they suddenly come to realize they've got to put four people potentially in danger to go down in the elimination so very quickly that 
smile is turned upside down into a bit of a sad phase because they won the daily, but they've got to make some big money moves early on. And they're trying their bestest to talk to Ayana and Nehemiah to try and get names from them so that they can try and shift, um, I guess, the target onto these guys to say these are the people that they wanted. Ayana stone cold does not care who she goes up against she's like you do you do you boo you put me up against anyone i will send them home i don't care which does not help derek and jody to make a decision but they do get derek saying that ryan is someone he's gone up against he would love to Nehemiah. see him there i uh, sorry nehemiah uh, said with ryan is someone that he's gone up against and um also you know derek may be a second option for him to go up against the uh, derek chavez um and you know, a bit of a blow up here because we continue to see this Nehemiah Derek um, rivalry brewing. We know it's going to be a big storyline for the early parts, maybe the whole season here, um, because Derek does not give Nehemiah exactly what he asked for here as well. Chantel, what did you think of the strategizing, how they came to the conclusion of who they were going to put down there? Um, and this relationship, this early rivalry that is forming between Nehemiah and Derek this season. I couldn't put my finger on why I'm not a fan of Derek. I do appreciate like he's a pit bull and he'll come out. He always tries really hard. He fights really hard. And I was like, why do I not root for him? And this episode made me realize why. So firstly, getting so offended by Steve <laughs> trying to make a joke about his matching top and short set. Like, it's a silly set. I get that he probably bought it thinking that it was going to be cool. And like, if tech were to wear it, I'm sure that yeah. people are like, oh my God, that's amazing. But like, it's not that serious. Absolutely. So the fact that he was like, you know, feeling so proud of himself that he's like, oh, I'm going to put up Steve. Like he'll teach him for talking to me that way. And the house is going to vote him out or vote him into the to elimination. I was just like, why are you so upset by that comment? Anyway, so that annoyed me. And, and then the fact that he went against what like he why bother asking nehemiah who he wants if you weren't going to give him who he wants it's kind of like what tori does right tori is always like when she's in power she's like oh say, yeah yeah okay i'll do my best to give, give you what you want and then be like man sorry i couldn't do it my hands are tied and it's like well don't be fake then don't pretend like you care about my opinion do whatever you want then um and i think that that's why i can't get behind derek as in his how he strategizes because he's he usually plays the middle and doesn't really take a side and in this case he was trying to do like take a side and, and support the person that was going in and then he decided like oh no I don't want to do that so he's a little too wishy-washy for me I think that with the new version of Nehemiah that uh, I don't think that he's gonna let this slide with Derek and so I'm happy to yeah. see this battle continue I just want to say I made the biggest mistake not choosing Nehemiah in the first spot when I had to choose between Derek and Nehemiah for the season because I feel like the edit is also siding very much with Nehemiah here this season. And I am getting, and I've been so, and I don't want to give him the kiss of death because I, I even said it when I didn't get Nehemiah, I was like, I'm still going to shout for him because I, I love Nehemiah. He's like one of my favorites um, this season. And um, I, I just feel like he he is going to mean business this season. He's going to go deep. I feel like he's going to win the battle between him and Derek this season. Derek isn't even aware 
that Nehemiah feels the way he feels about it um, at this point. And I think he's not going to see the blind side coming when it comes for him here. Um, and we're going to see a, ruth a very ruthless Nehemiah this season. And I'm loving it early on here, Drew, because also last season it was a lot of kumbaya between all these all-stars. There was a lot of, mm -hmm. hey, we're just here having an experience. We never thought we were going to do this again. Let's all be friends. None of that there. Even in this first episode, people are actually fighting for their lives and there is a lot of different agendas and people wanting to play the game in a completely different way. Yeah, it's it's interesting because it's the players that played last season coming back that are coming in with completely different strategies. They're focused mm -hmm. to win more than they were last season, I think, because now they're like, this isn't a one-off. This is now my time to really prove something. Uh, we got Nehemiah coming in, deciding to change up his whole strategy from the previous seasons that he's done. Uh, Derek, the edit is such a different vibe for him this season. Like mm. what both of you were saying, like Derek normally plays the middle. Like Derek is normally the jovial guy that's always like, let's fight, let's do this thing, let's let's work together. But this season he's coming in, calling himself the master chess player. He's saying that he's one of the top players of all time. Sorry, not sorry. And then he's getting offended by somebody calling his shirt bright <laughs> and a comic relief, which I think he was always going to pick Steve, but he was like, oh, that's just a reason for me to call out your name. But he harped on it so much that it was like, all right, dude, calm down there a little bit. And even John A this season, we've heard her say she's changing up her uh, strategy as well. So I almost feel bad for the newcomers because – they're coming back from a long time thinking, all right, we're going to have some fun. We're going to be at the prom. And then like Kahuta at the voting ceremony was like, all right, we were joking around last night, but tonight there's no joking around. Ryan and Nehemiah are yelling at each other. We already voted. Like we got a prom to go to. <laughs> it was heated. It was very heated. How do we think Jody is going to sort of, what's the fallout for Jody going to be after this nomination i feel like from watching it nobody was looking at jody they all know that derek is the experienced person coming back he's the one that probably called most of the shots i've got a feeling jody is getting scot-free from this and she did have that moment as well where um she was crying which probably made people feel a little bit bad for her in that situation as well um which normally you'd say ah, oh, you know crocodile tears you've already put me down there but i've got a feeling that it, it, it worked in her scenario and i think that she can navigate from this and get out of it. There's just one person that's gonna that we know from the edit that have got a very very keen eye on Jody, and that is um, Tina. got a name now. Tina. Tina. There we go. Tina, the biggest the biggest character for the first episode. She was pretty quiet this episode. I mean, I'm I'm excited to see that as well. The battle between Tina and Jody. I want them to still work together and get to the end. But you know, Tina knows why she was asked back, and she's going to bring the drama. I don't think that she cares that much to win, other than to like make an impact on the season. So I do see that they're going to be going head to head. I don't think that Tina's going to shy away and be super strategic and be like, no, we should kind of work together and like maybe we should try to get to the end together. He's like, nope. Jody's a threat. Jody's out if I can, if she has her way. So I'm also very excited to see that kind of rivalry or whatever relationship that they had in the past come to blows and ha, I want to see how it all shakes out. Hmm. Yeah, I think Jody is completely going to get off from this because the way that mm -hmm. it's set up, everybody looks at who is nominated. Okay, Derek picked only the guys. And Jody picked only the women, but they talked about it together. They were going to talk to people together. And I think that because of that, 
it's not like, oh, I'm Nehemiah is looking at Jody thinking I told her Ryan as well, but she didn't even go to bat for me to put my number one up there. He's thinking, Derek, just try to screw me over by by putting in Steve. Um, also, Jody, because of who was in the elimination for the women, it's easy. Like Ayana hey, said, I don't mad. care who goes in. So I don't care. Whatever. So yeah. and, and it's all newer people too it's the, everybody's mm. new to all stars so all three players are just like even if they are connected they don't have the pool like nehemiah was who was going to everybody saying like i want Derek, and i'm pulling on all my connections to get me what i want and so we have factions of the house going like yeah we're with nehemiah we're siding with him and kind yeah. of blindsiding Derek, who thinks oh the whole house is gonna vote for steve which just shows Derek is not fully into what the house is thinking. He's not in control. Really yeah, he's definitely not yeah. in control. And it's the same with it's the same with um it, it also gave me a little bit of um a better view of Janae's power coming into this season because she is known as a social player, someone that can make things happen. It's how she got deep into the game last season, but she was unable to save Derek in the spot. And um it kind of shows you that potentially that even for her, we talked about it last episode, this season could be a bumpy ride trying to get to the end because she can't hide this season and it does not look like she maybe have some of that social capital. She is a bit more of a newer school player um, and I think that the the people here, the, the connections, a lot of those older connections that played even before Janae was a part of the challenge um, world, they kind of stuck stuck together here and they helped um, Nehemiah, Nehemiah and the specific um, opportunity to stay out of danger. And it's the same for Casey. Casey really, there was never going to be, a, a, from what I could see, it seems like she knew, like she said, 75% of the cast, she stayed in touch with people. She was never going to be in danger. And Leah just a, a deer in headlights here coming into the season, having not stayed in touch with anybody. And it, there was, I don't feel like there was much suspense. I never for a second thought Steve was going down in this episode. And I never for a second, definitely never for a second thought Casey was going down. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I wasn't surprised by the outcome. I do have to say though, I was surprised that I know that Janae was saying that she's, you know, she stands up for her friends and like, she doesn't get mad when people screw her over. It's when they screw over her friends. But when she called out Nehemiah in that deliberation, really flat out like that, I thought that that might've been bad for her game moving forward. Um, mm. I mean, I know that she's protecting Derek. I know that she doesn't want Derek to go down, doesn't want Derek to go home. Absolutely. But I feel like the how of that and just like blowing that up, like in front of everybody and kind of calling out Nehemiah, it just makes me might not want to be on your side moving forward and so i thought for someone who i'm always really impressed by her social game and like how she's able to really make good mm. relationships and good friendships i thought that that was might have been a bad showing considering that derek was most likely going to be going down because nehemiah has way more friends in the game than derek does so i thought it was a misstep on Joni's part <laughs> It was interesting because Jen Janae had that relationship with Nehemiah last season via Jimmy in the game as well. So it kind of felt like they were working together to a certain degree. So you would have thought, but again, it's just that levels of friendship, right? She's known Derek a lot longer. She's known Derek before he even went um, on Real World Cancun. They've known each other prior to that. So it's a real, real life friendship here, um, which I think she is willing to maybe burn her game a little bit more or her social capital here early on for someone like in this game. And I think she also probably knows that you know Derek probably was 
and, and again, I might be completely wrong here, but he was probably a bit lucky to get even on this season. And the more and more All-Stars that are going to come back and play this game, All-Stars 3 is going to be pretty stacked. I haven't looked at the cast fully, but I've heard some of the rumored cast members coming back. Um, it's probably going to be a lot harder for him to come back in a future season. And maybe she's thinking like, this is his chance. And um, I do feel for him because it seems like every season he, he comes to play the challenge, he does go in quite early on. And, you know, obviously we, we find out about what happened before he came on the show, which is really, really sad to hear. Um, and uh, it, it put me in a weird place because I really wanted him to do well, but I also really like Nehemiah. So uh, it was, I didn't know who I could shout for, but, you know, really, really tough for him to go out there, play this game with having this bad news um, as well. And then coming in there and playing this game. I don't know how he did it. I think if I was in his position, I probably personally couldn't do it. But again, like I said, I mean, his sister loved watching him play the game and um, he kind of wanted to honor her name in a certain way being out there. Yeah, it was it was definitely really sad because I, I I was rooting for both of them. Like I wanted Nehemiah to win in just the game sense, but from my heart sense, I was like, oh, but Tarek, it would be it would just like that would be the ending of the movie that I'd want to see, really, you know? And so yeah. yeah, I felt for him. I do feel like how he went out, he went out with his head held high. I can see them maybe asking him to come back. It seemed like TJ was okay with like having them come back. Um, and so I hope that he does get another opportunity because he didn't seem to he doesn't ever get to get the chance to do well in in the game. And I don't know what he needs to do to change that. Um, maybe it is connecting with people outside of the, the challenge and having some friends in the game. Like maybe that's what he needs to do if he's going to come back on. Like, yeah, maybe you do have to do some. Hey, are you playing like, oh, my God, it's going to be so great to meet you. Whatever. Just like start some conversations with people instead of going into a new season completely cold and not knowing any history and backstory from any of these other players. So I hope he gets another chance. Um, but I was rooting more so for Nehemiah to to mm -hmm. come back in for the sake of the game. Yeah, and you yeah, know the drama is going to be there with Nehemiah coming back in because of that Derek oh, yeah. Nehemiah rivalry, which is what we want to see. Yeah, this was this was tough. This was a tough elimination. I mean, to watch with everything that was going on with Derek, and then Nehemiah's on my team, so it's like I really wanted to see yeah. Nehemiah. And I also did the trailer breakdown, so I kind of knew that Nehemiah was going to win. Um, uh, but yeah, it was it was tough. It, this this All Stars seasons just gives you everything just gives you the human moments you it gives you the laughs it gives you the drama it gave you strategy and then it gave you tears i mean i cried uh at, at certain points of this episode so i mean it's it's it gives you all the emotions that it's it just shows what we're lacking in the main season when we're not getting the full array of everything that kind of made real world real and then made reality TV real as well. So, was it when Spice Girls came out? Was that when you one of those moments? You know that you yeah. just had to shed a tear. That <laughs> song is stuck in my brain. I watched this episode like three times as well. It's stuck in my brain forever. <laughs> well, and that's another thing too is the soundtrack. I don't think that they've been playing a lot of music in the most recent episodes of the main season. Not that I've noticed anyways. Like sometimes they're really, mm. they're on with the music and I will notice it even on the main season, but they definitely have the right person dealing with the tracks mm. on All Stars. Cause I'm always just like, yes, I want to hear this song. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. the vibe that it creates 
is is perfect for what All Stars means to me because it's music from the time when I was enjoying these shows live. Um, and it just, it just, the vibe is just always so good. And I agree with you 100% true that it gives you everything that you need. And on top of having like the emotional um, elimination with Derek and Nehemiah, and then after having what really maybe boohoo, like snotty nose cry was after spoiler alert ayana wins pretty easily she just like mm. pull in those coffins like it was like it, they were light what like coffins? she just <laughs> yeah what coffins like they were air um and then goes and like proceeds to help leah pull her coffin mm. so that she can like you know hold her like raise her arm off and say that she didn't quit and like i was just so emotional over that part and like you can see everybody that was watching were all like crying and wiping their eyes like that whole yeah. ending of the episode was so like it was just masterful as like a creative looking at it from like a, a narrative perspective it was just so it was really great and I just it, it, we would never get anything like that from the, the main season i just i can't see anybody that would make me feel this way just don't see yeah it. so adrian says here that this episode shows why ayana is an all-star and um i think that we'll never see this in the real like you said the real episode i was immediately thinking and even even tj was kind of like speechless he's like i don't even know what to say here you know because i've never seen someone else helping another person to finish the challenge it reminded me of survivor when we had everybody finish the challenge and sari was still out there and jeff was like no you're gonna finish it today you're gonna you're gonna show that you can do it it was kind of a moment similar to that but you've actually got an opponent going out there and helping um this person and we saw leah and ayana bond even before they went down there um i had no idea who ayana was obviously coming into this because i never watched any of those early seasons or shows but um she's got a massive heart and i think that she could be in some ways um like speaking the truth says he could be the gsella of this ep of this season gsella was i think a lot more spicy for me in the confessionals than ayana ayana to me just seems she's like hilarious very, though she just seems ayana yeah. to me just seems like a very real person like i'm like i can relate to you, mm -hmm. you just seem super real no bs with you basically is what i'm getting from her what it reminds me, like it shows me is like they were so good at casting back then. Like just when I hear mm. her confessionals and how she like makes it and we're eating the chicken, we're eating this and we're eating and we're spitting it's in our teeth. Like she goes into so much detail just for her like little story that she's telling before she goes and does the challenge. Like she's just, she's casting gold. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, yeah. These are the type of people, these characters, these like big personalities that want to come out here and win, but they're still real people. I know she was a D1 athlete so she was strong when she was originally cast but mm. now she's a real person that still is able to kind of pull get some extraordinary strength to be able to win this and that's what i'm here for i don't care about people that are really already programmed to be really good at something do something well unless i'm watching the olympics i love seeing that it's somebody here that's like She's now a mom of four. She's not in the same physical shape that she was when she was 20 years old. And she's still able to dig deep and be able to pull those coffins and come out with a like a not even a strong win. Like she just annihilated that elimination. Yeah, she showed just how good she is on all levels. I mean, this elimination tested strength, durability, endurance puzzle solving skills and she absolutely decimated every Smack. single aspect like she showed in the first outing i think 
the way that Derek got power in the first episode was going to be bad for his game. Ayana going into the first elimination was amazing for her game. I don't see mm -hmm. anybody wanting to go up no against way. her. I feel like everybody will want to work with her because she's just going to be completely upfront with you. She's one of the newer players, so she'll be completely honest. She'll have your back if you have her back. And I think that this is just a really strong showing from her. And uh, hmm. I have high hopes for her for the rest of the season. And I'm so happy she's back and uh, happy she's on my team. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. I, I very, very much doubt, though, that those coffins were the same weight that the guys were pulling. It, it couldn't I have been 300 pounds. Would you say it was no. half that? What do you think the weight was? Pro it looked so probably. light. Like, listen, I'm not taking anything away from her because whatever it was, she still smashed it. And you could see Leah couldn't move it like that at all. Like, there was a, a big difference. And she's definitely a strong girl. But, you know, Darrell being in there in the confessional saying, oh, she's making Nehemiah look like, you know, and like he's not being able to do it. And she, she's so much better than even the guys. I'm like, yes, maybe in comparison to what she's pulling. But let's be honest here, it's not the same white. Like, I not for one second think it was the same white that these girls were pulling that the guys had to go and do out there. And the guys were dripping sweat by the end of that. It looked like they um, came straight out of the shower, um, you know, dripping sweat, trying to move that thing. Now, Maya is a, a very fit guy. And that's why Derek can hold his hand up high, head up high as well, because he was doing pretty decent um, against a guy that is really fit. It's just he struggled to get, I thought he would be better at the problem solving stuff. Now, Maya impressed me. I for some other reason don't remember him being that great at the puzzle side of things he well, is he really a pretty he was really bad at the first the, the easy one where it was like the, yeah and then get the like, more difficult one easier the easy super easy one i was like why is he having trouble with this <laughs> like and having to do like check 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 because i thought that that puzzle hmm. usually we see that puzzle on facebook and like the trick is is that in the last row it's like half of something and so people don't realize that it's half of whatever the number value is and so that's usually hmm. the trick of the puzzle but it didn't even have a trick it was like it just looked like a reasoning it was a reasoning puzzle it wasn't even like math it was just reasoning if this and this equals that and that and that equals this then what does this and this equal so it's more reasoning than anything else um but yeah like i mean he still did impress me though because he still ended up getting through it and getting it done even though it wasn't just a physical thing so it does show that he can do that stuff and um Nehemiah doesn't open, have to unhook a carabiner yeah very important <laughs> very important like i couldn't believe it when leah was down there consistently struggling with that and i'm like they're telling her how to do it just twist and turn it look for the right place to to move it and she couldn't figure it out um craziness <laughs> i mean i i feel like i know how to do it but then i'm like thinking like oh my god how mortifying it would be though if you couldn't On figure National that TV. out but i'm like i feel like i've done him before so that's surprising though that she couldn't she couldn't figure it out for a very long it's time it's not that hard believe me like i'm pretty sure you could, <laughs> you could i'm very sure you could figure it out it, it's like she's never done anything uh outdoorsy ever i feel like if you, if you can't do that um but yeah no overall you know, Ayana, absolute beast. Now, Maya gets the win here as well. And they do get um, the life shield, which I believe is a throwback to some of the earlier seasons as well, where you get like power. You can either keep yourself safe in the next round or you can save someone else. And my understanding with this is that it's going to be um, applicable for one round only. And then after that round, whoever wins the next one will then have the life shield. I don't think they can hoard it yeah. for as long as they want within the game so um it's going to mix some things up and i've got to say overall i am a lot higher just like i was last season 
on All Stars One. I'm a lot higher on the theme, the rules around the season this season compared to um, the proper seasons. Like I just feel like they've been doing some wacky twists or um, themes out there where I really enjoy the All Stars One. Lowest team will automatically go in. The team that sucks basically the way it should be. Four people get put out there potentially to go in but you've got to nominate. So it means that even if you're the top team, if you're not smart about the four people you're nominating, you're potentially going to put yourself in a bad spot because two people are not going to go down there, but they're going to be pissed off at you because they were a danger and the house still gets a say. So I feel like it's the best of all worlds here and then throw in the lifesaver and you've got something there where, you know, you can build extra relationships. You can keep yourself safe. So it means something when you go down there into the arena or whatever they call it, it kind of looked like a meta a metador ring over there where you have the bulls, you know, kind of that Spanish almost type of theme that I had to it. Um, but yeah, it was, yeah, it's great. You know, I, I like the season. I like the, tw- the, the whole setup for it. I just feel like these first two episodes have just been an appetizer and I'm just like, okay, let's get into it. Now I'm ready for some, some great action come episode three. Um, so uh, we were talking last week about how we were like so upset that we didn't have an elimination. Well, I ended up streaming um, episode one and episode two. I was watching it on Twitch with a couple of friends and they hadn't seen it. So they thought that this was how it was actually supposed to be. And they're like, what a great episode. I'm like, no, that was two episodes. Like they were separated. They're like, oh, no, no, you must have been so mad. I'm like, yeah, I was. So um, <laughs> definitely, hopefully they have you know, they realize that they do need to have a full episode every single time. I don't care for these to be continued, make it a double episode rather than a to be continued um, personally. But yes, it's been an appetizer. It's been super tasty. I can't wait to see what happens. I don't care. Any, any of these people can win and I will be satisfied at this point. Like I'm rooting for everybody to some certain capacity and that's what I love about All Stars is that it's just so fun. You know, they have these theme parties after the the uh, nominations, um, the deliberations, and they're like, okay, we're going to leave all this bad energy here. Let's go have a party. And like, they do look like they're having fun. And remember I was saying that, like, I want to see the, the pool parties and the fun stuff. And, you know, I think All Stars is just kind of like my brainchild. <laughs> it's like it's a bit more lighthearted. Pardon? Yeah, it's just yeah. it's just a bit more lighthearted. It's uh, you know yeah. it just doesn't feel as dark and as serious at certain yeah. points. And um, you know, to your point about the double episodes, like it's on a streaming platform. Why does it have to be forty minutes? Like, put it in sixty minutes. Put it in longer. Like, it's not like you've got to put it into an exact time slot for other people to have other shows. Like, you know, whatever they have over there after the challenge. Normally, you can do whatever you want on a on a on paramount plus what I, that's what i would assume in regards to the hours that you can can have an episode at i'm trying to figure out why they did that um i'm thinking this through i don't know if this is a coherent thought but um i got ended up getting spoiled at like noon on thursday with who like won the elimination and i was like mm. okay this is maybe what the problem is with having a streaming platform. So maybe that's why they kept it separate is because they didn't want people to get spoiled and ruin maybe the power of the second episode kind of. Um, mm. But it's kind of like you're on a streaming platform. So then maybe you shouldn't drop it at 3 a.m. Maybe you should pick a time and drop it at 8 and show it live and then allow it to be continuing on the, the channel after that. So I think they have to figure out 
when they need to drop things if they want to create a little bit more like anticipation and like a little bit more thrill um because it just doesn't make any sense to me why they needed to separate it so i'm just trying to figure out what possible meaning could be i think it's because if you pay for paramount plus but you don't pay for ad free it would come out to an hour in total and they want to keep it under the hour mark so i pay for the full like no commercials so it comes out to 45 minutes so i don't think they want to go over too much it's not like netflix who doesn't have commercials at all so i mean it was unbearable when i had commercials trying to binge big brother and it was like five five commercials every like 10 minutes or so i was like oh my gosh this is ridiculous so i can't even fast forward them so annoying yeah you can't yeah they're hard wired in there it was like so bad (laughs) but this season's awesome i love it i love the format every single turn everybody in the game offers something to the show and um yeah i'm i'm excited i love the format first and foremost i think it's perfect i think it's absolutely perfect you suck you go in prove yourself come back get some power it's perfect Get your revenge. Yeah. Do it again. <laughs> it's like, that's all I need. I don't need that much. I just need this and basic stop format. putting in the same people over and over again. Like, I'm glad they in- introduced the life shield so you can save somebody or use yeah. it as a strategy to save somebody from being put in there. It's it, eh, it's just so perfect. It's like, if this is the <laughs> guinea pig, bring it to the main show because we like it. We like you it. Know, and it's like, Trust don't us, bring... Like it. The contestants to All Stars bring the ideas for All Stars to the main show. I agree. Yeah. Separate. <laughs> like, yes. I'm sorry. I know you guys are big Corey stands, but I do not want to see Corey and Tori and Nani on All Stars, even though they would be eligible, kind of, not maybe not Tori, but like for being on Real World and Road Rules um, back in the day. But just keep it separate. Please just keep on going back to the well of people that haven't been on the show in 15 years. Just like they will. I'm pretty sure I, they will. I just can't imagine that nobody's wanting to come on the show. I can't imagine that they're having trouble filling the cast. Like, how is that possible? Let's do this. Cut the spy theme. Next season is summer camp themed. And Ooh. let's bring in uh, the all stars format to the real challenge and cut down n- no 34 contestants. We're cutting it down yeah, to like too many. 26 at the most. We're cutting it off at 26 at the most. And let's just let's just let them have fun. Let's go oh back. My God, to I'm that. like, my eyes are like twinkling with this idea. Drew, <laughs> you're on to something. They'll never do it, but you are on to something. I'll call them now. <laughs> <laughs> Get them on speed dial. We should tweet um, at yeah. them, actually. People listen to tweets. <laughs> I just want to acknowledge here, Speaking the Truth says that the only thing I'm not liking about the All-Stars 2 is no after show, which I do it's think rude. is a good point. Yeah. It's rude. Yeah, like I think we could, we could, especially because it's so, the, the episodes are so uh, bite-sized compared to the normal show, you actually miss out on even more by not having an after show where they can fill you in on some of the tidbits and the things that you probably didn't see on the show as well. Yeah, I was hoping that because maybe they split up the episode they didn't want to like have one after episode one because they didn't want to spoil or say something that could give away who was thrown into the elimination or something, but not having it after episode two, it's like, Oh, well that, well, I see how this is going. (laughs) Yep. That's true. So we're going to go into our teams here and drew, I'm going to hand it over to you. Obviously we have got two people in my team that I lose here. Who would have, who would have thunk, you know, Chris, (laughs) a horrible, a horrible start here when it comes to, 
um what's going on presentation make another row yeah i'll just create another another row make another row Mm -hmm. got a row below and we'll go do this one there we go we're just doing it live on the fly here guys we've got (laughs) two players from my team leah and derek both um, eliminated this round um, and I'm off to a horrible start how am I doing points wise and who is currently leading points wise uh, here for us this season Drew? I mean despite you losing two players both of which gave you nine points in total so Leah and Derek both giving you nine points getting a lot in the confessionals uh, you're still pretty far ahead with 65 total fantasy points I wow. overtake second place though this <gasps> time uh, with 46 points, uh, I will say that there was multiple players that did not have any confessionals, multiple of which came from my team with Tech, Brad, and Katie, and Melinda. So four of my eight did not have any uh, confessionals, but Sophia and Janelle also didn't have any confessionals for Chantel. But I had 46 because of the two wins in the elimination by Ayana and Nehemiah and the argument points with Ryan and Nehemiah. So mm. Nehemiah was the point getter. So I have 46 points, but Chantel is very close with 43 points. And uh, she got the Ryan points as well with her uh, two points. So, I mean, nice. I need some more confessional points, but Chris is pretty far ahead right now with like 20 points over or 19 points over me, who is in second yeah. place. The problem is I've lost two people that can gain me more points in the future, I guess, which would be interesting. Who's the top three point getters um do you i don't know if you're prepared for that who's the top three players in the game at the moment that's getting points um in these two first episode uh, first two episodes words are hard at this time of the podcast so i'll go with the top two from each team uh for chantel's okay. team it's jody with 13 points with the confessionals and the daily win uh then tina with 11 confessionals out of two yeah. uh two episodes right now uh chris your highest score is Derek with 11 confessionals and five for the daily win. So he has a total of 16 and the next highest is Darrell Kahuta and Jasmine all with eight. And that's mainly oh, wow. confessionals only. And then my two is Nehemiah with 16 and Ayana with 10. So, yeah. And it makes sense. Those are the players that we have seen the most of here. Um, Interesting conversation between Nehemiah and Brad here this episode as well, where Nehemiah is sort of blaming Brad a little bit for the fact that Derek didn't listen to him in regards to who he wanted down there, I guess, in the elimination. And Brad saying, hey, listen, he's my boy, but I don't know everything he's doing down there as well. Um, Quite an interesting one there. Uh, I wonder if that's setting up for more Nehemiah-Brad um, action down the line as well uh, I know we haven't really spoken about that but I just sort of remembered it now when I was looking at Brad's face there I was like oh yeah Brad was in this episode at least once yeah I, I don't even remember that <laughs> yeah it was the punching bag it's yeah. not looking good for Derek it's just another bad like omen for Derek because mm-hmm. when Nehemiah says that's your boy and Brad goes I know him, but I don't know, like, I'm not that <laughs> close to him. It's like, oh, that's not a good sign at all. No one's willing to fight for Derek at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> people might just get out of the way instead of stepping in front and and taking one for the team here. Um, guys, what did we miss? What did we miss talking about this episode? I feel like um, there was 
only a few limited things that happened here. I think we touched on all of the main plot lines. Was there anything that you guys wanted to bring up here before we um, finish the podcast? Well, I do see speaking the truth here in the chat, talking about wind beneath my wings. And I, we were, we were definitely, we're like singing that at the end we were like with them. So <laughs> I definitely loved hearing that song. It was a movie from beaches that I used to watch when I was a kid that like made me cry, cry, cry. So it's probably also why I was quite teary eyed because then that music's playing and it's from a very emotional movie. Um, yeah, it was a moment and it was a perfect song. It was so ch cheesy in a way that like I was here for. Yeah, no, they're very good at what they do. I just wanted to bring up that it was amazing strategy by Casey giving Nehemiah the the advice to go make it known to people who he wants to go up against because that's what was the difference. Uh, Nehemiah yeah. was absolutely correct in his confessionals that if you wait, and don't say anything, then normally whoever's in power will push the vote. So, I mean, I thought it was absolutely incredible for him to just be like, you know what, I'm going to go out there and let's go do this right before we go vote. And he, it was like, okay, Derek was thinking, okay, whoever's on the, on the stand, but it was Nehemiah who pulled the strings. It didn't matter Steve or who Steve knew or who Steve didn't know. It was who knew Nehemiah and what Nehemiah wanted. And I just, I really loved that whole aspect of the game because it was just like, yes, use your social capital for your advantage to make it through to the next round or put yourself in a better position. So I just thought that was awesome. And it's a new, it's a new Nehemiah because we don't normally see him play the social game. And like you said, maybe he needed that nudge. I won't lie. I had to double check who the other blonde was. I was like, that's Casey and another blonde. Who is this blonde? I don't know who she is. And then I saw Melinda and she is from um, Nehemiah's original season as well. So obviously he does have a few bonds here um, in the game that hopefully will um, be, I guess it will carry him deep in this game. I really, very early on, I think I... I felt like I said it last year as well, Chantel. I feel like Nehemiah's got a, a bit of a winner's edit, but I'm always wrong about this <laughs> in any case because I always claim it so early on and then it just goes downhill. <laughs> I mean, I'd like to see him win. I just don't know if he's got it. We'll see. Let me see. Let me give you my thoughts after next episode. Let's see how the fallout happens. Is he able to, you know, mend things in enough with Derek so that you know, they're not going to be going at each other because yes, it's going to be very entertaining for us to watch them go head to head or like be, you know, trying to, to cake each other out. But if you have somebody that you're fighting with in the game, eventually one of you is going to win and the other is going to be out. So just having this, this rivalry with Derek is not good for his game long-term. So mm -hmm. I just don't know if he's going to be able to make it to the end, but I would like to see if him do it. Adrian says, I know that it's early, but I want to ask you guys, who do you think is going to go deep this season um, based on the first two episodes? And I'll bring up, I guess, the uh, list of players here for us again to have a quick look at. Um, I kind of mentioned here that I think potentially Nehemiah could be one of those players that I could see go very deep and maybe have a bit of a redemption arc. Listen, even a broken clock is right twice a day, you know? <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's going to happen one day. If I keep saying he's going to win it, one day he's going to win it and I can claim I knew that from episode one but um if i had to look at players i mean who do i think has got the potential to go very deep in the game for me personally you know i'll, I'll look at my team i guess we all look at our teams and think who, who do we think i am still convinced Darrell is going to go deep this season he's just too 
good of a player to get caught out here early on. And I just don't think people are going to throw him in. And he's just getting, he's getting more confessionals early this season than what he did last season. So um, he's already a bigger part of the story, which is um, encouraging because that was the one bad thing when I chose him in my team. I said, uh, don't know if he's going to give me that early confessional points, but he's going to be there long enough. And he is funny enough to get a lot of confessionals by the end of the season, but he's doing a good job here from the start. So in my team, I'm the highest on Darrell at the moment. Um, I haven't seen much of Kendall. She's been very quiet. So I really don't know, to be honest, on the girls' side of things. But I will probably, just because I don't know what you guys are talking me out of the case. She seems like she's well-connected. I don't know how she's going to do with the challenges. And we all know Jasmine um, is a firecracker. I, I would have to give it girl-wise to probably Kendall. So I will continue to back my number one and two pick here. And my team is the two players that I think will go the deepest from my team. Drew, who do you think from your team at this stage has got the best opportunity to go deep here from what we've seen in the first two games, uh, first two episodes? I think it's difficult to talk about the first two episodes because mm. it was like one big episode and this episode a, lo a lot of my players didn't even get confessionals so i don't even know what that means but not a lot of them had to be have confessionals because there was only real eight players that were in the power stance with jody and Derek, and then the four nominees and nehemiah and ayana i think ayana out of my everybody showed the most potential and i think mm. showed the strongest out of everybody so i would think ayana i i don't I think John A would have a lot of social capital, but like Chantel said, she called out Nehemiah. Maybe that's going to put a target on her back. Uh, one from real world Cancun's already gone. We know Jasmine can pop off at anybody. So, I mean, you never know what could happen with her, her uh, friends in the game and what that can mean for her, but I'm always going to back her no matter what John A is queen all day, every day. But I mean, those are the two players that I'm going to put back fully. I think all my players have a good chance, but after this second episode, not any hardly anybody got any confessionals on my team, to be fair. Like I'm surprised Tech didn't get one this past exactly. episode. Like it's crazy. And I picked them for confessionals. <laughs> That's a good thing for Tech though. That's a good thing for Tech. If he's not getting a confessional if if they're not shoving as much of tech in our down our throats as they can this early on, it probably means he's gonna stick around for a bit longer here as well, because you know they'll want to get their money's worth with tech being on the show because he is confessional gold. Absolutely. Um, for me, I, I mean, I'm going to definitely think that Jody's going to do well. Um, she, I, it, it might hurt her being so close with Derek because Derek is not actually great at uh, the social part of the social and the strategic part of the game. Like he's kind of, well, t definitely this episode or these last few episodes, he's been kind of messy and it hopefully it doesn't rub off on Jody, but it seems like he really wants to work with Jody and Jody's like, okay, like, of course, let's do this. Um, and so, she can't really even say no if she didn't want to but I do have confidence in Jody being able to help out her team or if it's individual like being able to win against a lot of these women so I do see Jody doing quite well now out of the men I'm worried because like obviously it could be a misdirect but you know we see Tyler like t like knocked tundra. out and we, hmm? we saw Tundra we saw Tundra this episode <laughs> he brought out tundra in the party it's time oh, I, I like, I'm, like, I'm like is it a tundra like is it like a, the car like the, is it a truck i'm like i couldn't okay sorry yes um and so 
you know, I would think that he would normally do really well, but I'm worried, obviously, about seeing him laying on the ground with the medic. And then also mm -hmm. Latarian, same thing. I'm worried. So I'm going to put my heart into MJ, who seems like, you know, he hasn't been around for 12 years. Um, you know, his daughter's going to be watching. He's big. He's mm. he doesn't have a great elimination record, but I'm, I'm wondering if a lot of the people would be worried to go against him. Like, I don't think he'd be the first pick of a lot of people. I think that Orion would go first and people would pick like who else is kind of small. Um, maybe tech um, kind of thin, but like, I just don't know if he's going to be like the first choice. So he might stick around for a little bit and maybe be able to like skip to the end. So I'll just say MJ and Jody for now, since we don't know what's happening with those two DQ potential DQs with Letarian and Tyler. I think it's all good choices. So like Drew said, very hard to predict one episode and you know technically two episodes but um it's been fun to watch so far so i'm looking forward to coming back next week and talking to you guys about um episode three of all stars 2 and also the next episode for the challenge 37 8 p.m eastern standard time as always chantel what do you have coming up over the next week so um, in like 10 minutes, I'll be going live and we'll be talking about All-Stars 2 with Fanta tonight. Um, on t Mondays, I usually hang out with Sarah from Nerdtainment. We do a ranking for Survivor, just rating these players, seeing how well they're doing. Uh, good week to be talking about this because people weren't playing, I don't think, very well this week, but it should be fun. On Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, we talked about The Bachelorette, and then we go live after the episode and do the challenge recap of the main show and then thursdays we do survivor at 7 p.m eastern and then i'm here with you guys on fridays again busy schedule i don't know how you do it drew how are you doing for the next week how's things going i mean i'm assuming you're gonna rest your voice up a little bit if you can and then get back to the studio yeah i'm gonna try to take some it, the next week is gonna be weird because of thanksgiving and family stuff going on and everything that's gonna be happening so um and last week i put five videos out in four days so that was a lot going on um so this week i'm looking to just do the uh challenge 37 uh review and recap on normal time and friday tiny table talk for the 37 on normal time and then probably having to swap over to All-Stars on Friday evening instead of Thursday evening and not have a tiny table talk for All-Stars. Uh, I'm looking to maybe go live on that Saturday uh, evening at some point on my own channel. So haven't gone live in a while, but I thought that would be a nice switch up. Uh, I'm going to be home. I, I, don't, I don't go anywhere. I'm not going <laughs> to be anywhere. So if, if there's anybody else just kind of post Thanksgiving or just wanting to chill out on a Saturday evening with me. I'll talk about the challenge. We'll talk about whatever. And yeah, I think it would be fun. Nice. I'll show yeah. up in your so, comments. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll see if I can, if I can uh, make some time around that time. For Thanksgiving isn't a big thing over here in New Zealand at all, but um, yeah. you guys should go and it should be a big thing. I reckon it's such a good holiday that you guys have got just to be, I feel like there's so much to be grateful for. And sometimes we focus on so much more of the problems in the world than just being grateful for what we do have. So such a great holiday. And I do hope everybody there in the US enjoy thanksgiving before we um, have this podcast coming up next weekend um on reality pop like i said i'll be back next week with these guys to talk about it's my favorite time of the week to talk about the challenge <laughs> both seasons now um and we will also have the continued coverage of survivor season 41 with the survivor buffs um that will also drop i believe next week 
after the episode um, as well. We did have Peridium on the show with um, both Gideon and Adam this week. So um, if you haven't watched that yet, go and have a look at it. Um, I'm naughty. I haven't watched it yet. I'll probably do it after this. Um, it's been a bit of a busy week. But as always, guys, really enjoy you here in the live stream uh, tonight. Thank you for all the comments. It's much appreciated. If you haven't done so yet, please put a like on the uh, video. It does help with the YouTube algorithm. And hit the subscribe button if you enjoyed what we did here today. And we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.